This episode of Recorded Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Pfizer. Did you know that breast cancer is the most frequently diagnosed cancer in the UAE? That's true. But a large-scale review of breast cancer in the country also showed that better screening is reducing the number of advanced cases of the disease and improved survival rates. This was a recent study led by Dr. Humaid Al-Shamsi, Director of Medical Oncology at Burjil Medical City. Welcome back to Recorded, the podcast that brings you enlightening stories and expert insights. I'm your host, Dua Farid, the National's podcast editor. In this episode, we sat down with Dr. Humaid to get to know to the bottom of how complicated breast cancer health literacy is and how much it affects the lives of people who have it. He is an oncologist, university professor, and one of the most respected experts in the field, whose goal is to make people with breast cancer healthier. Welcome, Dr. Humaid. So my first question would be, why do you think breast cancer is the most diagnosed type of cancer in the UAE? Well, actually, because the numbers are, are telling us that, you know, when we look at the UAE cancer registry data, which was published uh, uh, around six months ago, which highlights the, the 2019 centralized data from across all the hospitals in the UAE, we see that, you know, uh, breast cancer remains number one uh, breast, uh, number one cancer uh, in the UAE. And again, this is exactly what we see in other GCC countries and also globally. Uh, breast cancer used to be number two globally until two years ago, where it has uh, superpassed lung cancer to become the most common cancer. So breast cancer globally at the GCC level and the UAE remains number one based on the data that we have. And this is not surprising because, again, we are seeing more and more cases of breast cancer also in younger patients and females. So we're expecting these numbers also to continue to increase. Doctor, can you elaborate more on the age of diagnosis for breast cancer in this region and its impact on patients? So the, the median age of diagnosis in the U.S., uh, it's around in the early 60s, uh, around 62, 63. But in the UAE, we're talking about the age of 48 and 49. In 2018, we published a paper where we analyzed the UAE national data and we look at the numbers, and uh, we analyzed at that time data from 2014, and we found that around 40% of patients are under the age of 50. That's 40% of all the breast cancer patients in UAE that diagnosed with breast cancer under the age of uh, 50. Also, around 20% are diagnosed with breast cancer under the age of 40. So we do have a significant number of patients who are younger. We, we have to keep in mind the demographics of the UAE. The UAE population actually is a younger population compared with the Western population, the U.S. population. Having said that, we are, we are still also seeing more and more breast cancer in, in, in younger patients and females. So, so this is very critical for the public to be aware of this and also to the uh, treating physicians, uh, GPs, gynecologists, uh, general surgeons, because when we get trained in, the, in, in Europe or U.S., we always get trained, you know, breast cancer affecting over the age of 50 and 60s. But if you are seeing young female who is in her 20s and 30s and she has a lump mass, you say, okay, this is most likely a benign mass. But the reality is there's a chance, you know, this could be a breast cancer. So that's why we need to increase the awareness. And that's why it's also, again, 
the, the literacy about, you know, the, the demographics and epidemiology of breast cancer UAE should be uh, raised and also should be made available to the public and also to the healthcare provider so we can recognize signs symptoms regardless of the age. And what are the key aspects of breast cancer health literacy that women should be aware of? Number one, accepting the fact that, you know, breast cancer could affect any, any, anyone. And by the way, around 1% of breast cancer actually in males. So we always talk about females and forget about males. So 1% of, uh, of patients are males, but we still talk mostly about females, but we shouldn't forget about males. We should be aware of the, of the fact that, you know, uh, breast cancer can affect, as I mentioned earlier, any age. It could uh, come with signs or symptoms. It could be very silent as well. And that's why the, the public should be aware of the importance of the early screening and detection. You should go for screening starting at the age of 40, even if you have no symptoms. Many patients actually, they, 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 or, or, or public of the, of, the, of, the, of the society, they say, you know, why should I go and get screening and I have no symptoms? And this is the biggest mistake people make because you don't want to wait until you have symptoms and then you start screening or start doing the testing to find that you have cancer. You want to pick up the cancer when it is very early so you can uh, treat it and cure it. The success rate for early uh, cancer, for example, breast cancer, if it's early, success rate can be 90-95%. But if you discover this in the advanced stage or stage four, your chance for cure is less than 10% or even 5%. So a huge variation, importance of being aware of the signs and symptoms of breast cancer and seeking also uh, early screening detection is very critical for the public. So how does health literacy impact the ability of breast cancer patients to make informed decisions about their treatment options? Well, definitely we need to empower patients by understanding the treatment options they have. I'll give you a very simple example. A patient could come to the surgeon uh, to remove a tumor from her breast, and then the doctor may give her one option only. She has to remove her entire breast, and she may also have to remove the other breast. But if we empower the patient and they increase their uh, you know, understanding of uh, the options, they will, they will also know you have an option of only removing a small part of your breast. And definitely each case is different, but I'm talking in general. You can save your breast and you can have only small lesion removed. And then you can have radiation. You can have reconstruction and oncoplastic surgery. And you can have normal you know, appearance of your breast without compromising the, the outcome of your, of your cancer. So... Empowering patients by understanding their options, treatment options, also the, the, the consequences of any treatment is very crucial for this patient to make informed decisions about what's the best for them. For example, patient also may have a, a BRCA mutation, which is a mutation increased risk of breast cancer. They should be discussed early that, you know, should they do like bilateral prophylactic, uh, you know, a mastectomy, removing their both breasts, or should they do it early or late? So all these decisions cannot be done without making the patient part of this decision-making uh, you know, uh, discussion. Doctor, you touched on a very important point because there are many misconceptions around breast cancer and how it's being treated. So from your experience and point of view, what are the most common misconceptions surrounding breast cancer that you usually encounter in your practice? Number one, when you have breast cancer, you are going to die, which is not true, uh, especially if you are treated uh, uh, in, in early stages and if you treated or received the right treatment. Number two, if you have breast cancer and you are cured, your cancer will come back in the future, which is also, again, not true. It can, it can happen if, you, if your cancer is very aggressive, 
And again, there are different types. Number three, patients believe that you know breast cancer is one disease. Unfortunately, this is not true. There are so many different types of cancer, breast cancers. Each different different type of cancer requires different treatment modality. I have many patients come to me, doctor, why you give this lady hormonal therapy? You're not giving me hormonal therapy. Well, basically because your, your cancer is different. It's a triple negative, which is a type that does not you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, get uh, any benefits from having hormonal therapy. So the, the, these are the most common misconceptions about you know, uh, risk of recurrence, uh, treatment modalities. And again, also that you know, um, patient always surprised if they have no family history of breast cancer, and then suddenly they have breast cancer. Like, why do I have breast cancer when I have no family history, which is also another misconception. You don't have to have family history to have any kind of cancer, especially breast cancer. But how can we help women or, as you've mentioned, the 1% of diagnosed men? How can we help them overcome these misconceptions? How can we address them properly? I think really that you know number one is by by implementing some some form of uh, of uh, a curriculum or in, in in schools you know high schools we need to number one uh, educate the public and society about how can we prevent cancer we don't want to talk about you know about you know uh, treating cancer let's prevent cancer healthy lifestyle reducing your weight uh, a healthy uh, diet uh, sticking with your uh, you know screening. Uh, knowing your family history, very important. Many people, they have no idea about their family history. You should know your family history and you know their type of cancer and we can direct the, the follow-up about these cancers. So I think integrating uh, knowledge and also uh, you know, information about you know, different types of cancer in, in, in high school curriculum is very critical. Also trying to increase the awareness uh, in, in, in media, uh, talking in the public about, the public, uh, about cancer not feeling ashamed of being uh, having cancer or being diagnosed with cancer, uh, sharing success story to let people know that you know cancer is a very curable disease now, and also highlighting the success story in our system, in our you know country. This is very important for people to gain trust in the health system so we, they can be treated locally as well. So I think there are different aspects, and also uh, we need to encourage people to... Um, Stop, you know, spreading rumors. If you have a rumor about cancer, don't don't send it to your friends and colleagues. Just, you know, let it die because, again, this is something uh, very critical affecting the patient in a negative way when they hear all these negative rumors about cancer, uh, treatment modalities, uh, form of uh, herbal medication that can cure cancer. So you stop taking your uh, new medications because uh, these pharma companies are trying to make money out of you. All these propagandas actually affect the patient. You'll be surprised how many patients... They leave treatment because they are being affected by, by, by friends and family and colleagues. Don't listen to the doctor. Just try this. And unfortunately, every single time I see this, patient will have a recurrence and most likely they will die because of the cancer. But from a health professional point of view, because we can say it's kind of common or understandable of women to have fears and misconceptions about breast cancer and something that you mentioned the the assumption that it always leads to mastectomy how can health professionals maybe early on in the process or after the diagnosis how can they provide accurate information to remove or address such misconceptions 
I think uh, number one, it's the healthcare provider team. They have to spend time. Unfortunately, as a, as a healthcare provider, I see that you know many patients they don't get enough information or time to explain their medical condition. All doctors are in a rush. They just want to finish this case. They want to move to the next case. So I think providing uh, ample time for patients to ask questions and also providing them with written information because we know that many patients, when they receive information at the time of the consultation or at the time they were told they have you have breast cancer, we will do this and that patient will not be able to, you know, comprehend or retain any information because they're still in the shock and denial stage. So they need to have follow-up visit. Number two, unfortunately, we don't have any uh, good resources in Arabic language for patients in our region. There are excellent resources in English. Many people speak English, but it's different when you have it in Arabic language. Also, you have some resources that make it easy for patients to access this information and also to have ease access to communicate with their teams to be able to answer their questions instead of trying to Google this and Google that, and definitely they, they most likely will be getting wrong information, which will affect their decisions. So, doctor, from your experience, and now you've mentioned a number of practices, but what initiatives or approaches currently in place that have been successful in improving breast cancer literacy in the UAE and the neighboring region? So if we look at the UAE data, we can see that, you know, the number of patients being diagnosed with this advanced stage actually has declined, again, because of the increased awareness, also because of the increase of the uptake of the mammogram, also the increase of the awareness of the doctors to diagnose breast cancer early. So I believe there were around 3 to 4% decline in the advanced stage between 2014 2019. And again, this is very important to highlight, you know, the success story of diagnosing patients early, because as I mentioned earlier, the, the early diagnosis the higher rate of improving or curing the patient with, with cancer. Again, also we're seeing more and more research happening in the UAE about breast cancer, uh, which is also very important to advance the, the field. Also, we're seeing more investment in multiple health facilities to have dedicated uh, breast cancer units, which is also very critical to make it easy for patients, and especially females, to get their uh, you know uh, breast uh, masses being evaluated immediately without any delay so you can receive immediate you know, answers if you have any concern about cancer. Doctor, can you walk us through the typical journey of a breast cancer patient highlighting maybe the main challenges that they face along the way? Yeah. So if we talk about the common pathways, patients suspect they have a mass, they have a pain, they have skin change in their nipple or their breast, they go to see a GP or to see a surgeon. They'll say, well, maybe, you know, there's something we need to do about it. They do an ultrasound. Ultrasound shows maybe there's a mass. They do mammogram. And then there's suspicion. Uh, patients uh, sometimes are offered uh, a biopsy. Patients are suspicious about, you know, biopsy because there's always a rumor that when you do biopsy, there's a risk of spread. Patient maybe takes uh, a week, two weeks to counsel themselves and their families about doing the biopsy or not. They seek second or third opinion, and then they start looking for other options. Uh, can they remove the mass? Uh, and again, this is a very common story without having biopsy. They come to see us or see someone else, and we could tell them we have to do biopsy. Biopsy confirms sometimes this is uh, this is a cancer, and then we start the process again by doing evaluation, doing a scan for the whole body to make sure there's no spread. Also to assist the patient uh, for uh, for different type of uh, of markers. ERPR, HER2, and then deciding about the best modality for treatment based on the stage. 
there is usually some delay from the patient perspective about accepting diagnosis and then uh, getting uh, getting the, the or accepting to start the evaluation or treatment. Uh, some centers they have dedicated breast uh, unit once they being the, the suspected, which is the ideal model. But this is not widely spread across different hospitals. But we do have good hospitals in the UAE. They have dedicated unit, which I do like, and, and this is the setting in our hospital as well, without mentioning any names, because I believe that this is the best way. Female patient or even a male, they have a mass. They come to see us, same day assessment, same day biopsy, result within a few days, and then start treatment within a week or ten days. Once you have cancer, this is the most effective way to shortcut and and to have a clear pathway for 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 evaluation and of any breast masses. And are there specific areas in the patient journey that you mentioned where improving health literacy can make a significant difference in the treatment? Yes, uh, accepting that you are at risk of cancer, breast cancer, or suspected cancer, you should not delay any evaluation. I've seen patients delaying their evaluation by months because they are not accepting that, you know, there is something potentially happening with them or there is a risk of cancer because I feel fine. So how on earth I have cancer and I feel fine? And this is the biggest misconception people have. You could have cancer, you could have stage four cancer, very advanced cancer, and you're feeling fine because cancer is very, very smart in, 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 in you know, in getting your body uh, or, or making your body believe that they're fine, but they're, they're taking their time to spread. So increasing awareness about science symptoms, also increase awareness about the importance of, you know, starting evaluation, uh, importance of uh, uh, sticking with the, with the screening, uh, uh, you know, uh, timing uh, every year or two years, starting the age of 40, very important. The adherence, you should say, adherence to the screening is very important as well. Does it make a difference in the patient's outcome or the overall well-being of the patient to be like literate about the process and everything? Of course, if you if you are aware of the process and you are accepting that you know there's potentially something wrong with you, you'll be accepting also the fact that you know you'll be seeking appropriate medical treatment. You'll be shortening your stress time by getting the answer if you have cancer and also getting the appropriate treatment with a higher success rate because you are adhering without any delay. And after breast cancer screening, how do medical professionals accommodate and support patients both emotionally and physically throughout the journey? And can you perhaps share with us some insights into the comprehensive care or the resources available for breast cancer patients following a positive screening result? So uh, once the screening result is back as positive for cancer, we have to decide again what type of cancer. And ideally, uh, it sh- this case should be discussed at multidisciplinary team approach using uh, our uh, consisting of medical oncologist, radiation oncologist, surgeon, uh, social worker, and also dietitian. And the entire team should be involved in making a decision for the patient because, again, uh, this uh, these cases actually there are no two cases are similar to each other. Every single patient they have their their you know uh, uh, you know uh, personal uh, you know insight uh, that we have to keep in mind. For example, you have two patients, both of them are 40, uh, 40 years of age, uh, but one actually has five kids and she has no plans to have kids in the future. The other one is not married yet; she's planning to have kids in the next two three years. So you can see. They have exactly same cancer, same stage, but they have different perspectives. So you cannot either assume or plan the same treatment because, again, uh, you could, uh, you know, um, uh, 
use different modality for treatment. You can you can use ovarian suppression in one, in one patient. The other one, you could give her the chance to get pregnant after a year or two years. So there are so many differences. So multidisciplinary team approach and then counseling, supporting the patient, psychologist approach and psychiatrist also if there's a need for that. Also educating the family members. Don't forget the family members because family members, they need to be involved. They could be, they should be educated and, and be part of the decision. It's the patient decision, but they have to be involved and be aware because if they're not coming to the appointment and they're only seeing the patient at home and they don't understand what me and my other colleagues are telling the patient, though they could be antagonizing our messages and they may also cause some harm for the patient. So getting everybody involved, they're giving a very clear message giving written information, what I usually do, actually, I give a plan. I write down exactly what's my plan, step by step, and I tell the patient there could be a change in the plan because if there's something comes up, if there's something new, but the overall plan should be written for the patient so they can take it further and they can read it, they can come back for more questions, and support has to be a regular uh, visit for the patient to answer the question regular time. Uh, also, they should uh, the healthcare provider should be available for the patient anytime they need, uh, so we have a system in place to support this patient. If they have any complications, side effects, they know how to reach to us. Doctor, is there anything else you want to add or something important that you think we did not talk about in this discussion that you think is important to highlight now? I think uh, we need to, again, increase the public engagement. We always talk from our end as, as doctors, healthcare providers, but we need also to listen to the public. What's their fear? What's their concern? Why do they want to do they, they do want to be involved in cancer screening? In fact, uh, two days ago, we published the largest survey about uh, cancer screening in UAE. And in conclusion, many patients actually they are willing to listen about cancer and cancer screening and learn more about it. But I don't think we still have the, the, the right tool. We need to have a system in place to engage the public with us. We don't want to be only talking to them. We want them also to talk to us, to hear from them, so we can empower them as well in the way that they believe is the best way. And we hope this episode can be one of the tools for everyone to be more educated about breast cancer. Thank you so much, Dr. Humaid. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. And that brings us to the end of this health literacy episode of Recorded. I want to extend my heartfelt gratitude to our exceptional guest, Dr. Humaid Al-Shamsi, for being with us today and sharing his invaluable insights on breast cancer health literacy. If you found today's episode informative and thought-provoking, be sure to check all other episodes of Recorded Podcast on thenationalnews.com or your favorite podcasting app. I am Dua Farid, and this episode was produced by Salma Hagab and Arthur Edison. Thank you for joining us today.